I'm Scott Flora, and this is The Prayer Focus. Join me on a journey of discovery in learning to grow in prayer as I sit down with pastors, leaders, and missions directors and learn from them on how to apply practical, real-world revelation to our everyday lives. As an intercessor and a prayer pastor, one of my chief aims is to continually grow in prayer. I don't know about you, but I want to learn how to have all of my prayers be powerful, effective, and answered. As the disciples walked with Jesus for a few years, they saw the life that He lived, they saw His miracles, and they saw His authority, and they had one request, teach us to pray. Let's get started. So again, this is part two. We started this um, uh, before and we got down to the last couple of minutes of our time together and we just started to unpack this idea of the circle dance, the perichoresis, and we just ran out of time. And so we felt led of the Lord to come back. So I'm here again with Jeremy Graman, Faith Foundry Church, Roseburg, Oregon. I'm Scott Flora, your host. We're excited <clears throat> to be with you again. We're hoping that these podcasts are blessing you. They're adding fuel to your um, relationship with Jesus because God is firstly relational. There's a lot of things. The kingdom is really big. Um, the kingdom is a broad um, description of the way God does things that manifest in the earth. But kingdom first, kingdom now, kingdom within is first in this relationship with the Lord. So this is foundational to our understanding of how we're developing friendship with God. And so we're going to pick up. So if you haven't listened to part one with Jeremy, then I would just go ahead and turn it off. Just push pause, save this one for later. Go back and listen to the first installment of this journey of um, of friendship with God that Jeremy and I uh, first had, part one, and then listen to part two because pro- we're going to just get in right in the middle of the conversation where we left off, so this won't make a yeah. whole lot of sense. So, but <laughs> please listen to both of them; they're going to be amazing. Um, I kind of have my seatbelt on because we're about to go. <laughs> And get really weird. Buckle up. Buckle up. <laughs> we, we're gonna we're gonna get weird in a second. But just put your put your um, supernatural um, uh, thinker on and yeah. turn on your um, your spirit. And I just want to encourage you right now before we get started. This is what I want you to do. I just want you to place your hand on your heart, and I just want you to place your spirit man in front of your soul and your body. Our spirit lead us into encounter. And so right now, I just want you to just, um, if you're driving, if you're listening to this, um, then that, you know, you can, you can do this um, in, in thought. You don't have to just both hands on the steering wheel at all times. Um, but I just want you to say this out loud. I put my spirit man in front. I put my I spirit put my, man in front. And I put my soul and my body behind put my soul and my body behind. I am a son of God and I'm led by my spirit. I'm a son of God and I'm led by my spirit. I am brilliant and I think like Jesus. I am brilliant and I think like Jesus. Okay, now you're ready to get really <laughs> weird. <laughs> okay. We have so, the mind of Christ. <laughs> that's right. So, 
I'm learning more and more that being really weird spiritually is actually pretty normal to yeah. the, the supernatural um, spirit. So we're, 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 we are spirits having a human experience. So here we are. Um, Jeremy, I want you to just to start off at the beginning. We ended <laughs> with God inviting us into this circle dance for the sake of communion, union, uh, a dwelling with God and with man together was his first intentionality. His first plan was, how can I get them to be with me? Yeah. And so okay. just let's just pick up where we left off. We're yeah. going to talk a little bit about what is this? This is a new word to most people. It was to me just a few months ago. So let's start at the beginning. Okay. Assume I know nothing. What is this thing that we call friendship with God? And why is this so foundational to, uh, to the New Testament believer? I think that Jesus, it, the biggest thing is that Jesus came um, preaching a different gospel than what they had known. And so uh, they had a hard time receiving it, honestly. Uh, and we see that all throughout the New Testament and, and Jesus's interaction with the church or the religious people, the ones that were supposed to get it, right? They were the mm -hmm. ones that were supposed to receive him, had the hardest time. And, and basically they came um, just, he came declaring this love relationship and a restoration of family and a restoration of oneness with the father. And Jesus was using this language. And, um, and we don't, I, I don't know, growing up in the church, it was never really, we never really were assimilating the language that Jesus was using. I mean, we would read the scriptures, but we didn't really have context for that. And, and so, um, there were people, especially two two of the two of the I'll just call them disciples, because even though Paul didn't didn't walk with Jesus uh, in in the physical sense of it, um, he definitely walked with Jesus in the in the spirit and and had his own encounters uh, when he was uh, right after his conversion. And so, uh, but but Paul and John were these two that captured what. Jesus was trying to say. And, and so what we're discovering and, and the reason why this is so important right now and so prevalent right now in the earth is because um, the gospel that we have had and what we have believed about God and the filter through which we've even read the scriptures is, it is falling way short, way short. And I'm not trying to take away from you know, what happened in the Reformation and bringing the word of God back into the hands of people. I'm not trying to take away from that, but but we have to actually understand that the word is a person. It's not a book. And so we have to actually come. And the purpose of having the book is to get a deeper revelation of the person. And and that would transfer us or move us towards Jesus in, in a very intimate, personal way, because that's the type of language in the life that Jesus lived, demonstrating the Father in the earth. So all that being said, we're coming back to re-understanding this God of love, as John said in, in 1 John 4, that God is love. He embodies everything that is love. But, mm -hmm. you know, there's multiple words for love in the Greek language. In, in the language of the, the Bible, you know, we, we think of love and it's very, I, I mean, we could say, I, I love pizza, 
and 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 in the same breath we can say oh i love my wife or i and so what is the kind of love that god is what is his love and we get a glimpse of that in first corinthians 13 you know paul lays it out he's like listen god is a type of love that is that is otherworldly it's not of human you know, source. It's it's supernatural love and mm-hmm. it's self-giving love. And if you read through the list in First Corinthians thirteen, there isn't an ounce of of um, self-centeredness or self-focus. And so this is where we get that word ecstasis that you're talking about. That the type of love that God is is outgoing, other-centered, mm-hmm. outgoing other-centered, self-serving, I mean, self-sacrificing, not self-serving, self-sacrificing love. In fact, the word ecstasis um, actually is two words in the Greek, ek meaning uh, ek meaning to, uh, meaning going out, and then stasis, which is um, always going out. Excuse me, ek, let me get back to my notes here. Uh, ek is out and then, um, and then stasis is the, is the going part. And so it's this outgoing love, other centered love that God is. Mm-hmm. And, and we see that, I mean, everybody knows John three sixteen. Mm-hmm. for God so loved that he did mm-hmm. what he gave. That's yeah. outgoing. It's, it's focusing out. So we have to understand first that God is love but he's another kind of love. It's a deeper love. It's a farther reaching love. It's a bigger love than we ever really had even understanding for. And so here's a buckle up moment right now. You ready? Buckle up. Yes. Love is bigger than just freeing us from sin. His love is bigger than just giving us forgiveness. His love is bigger than just his mercy and his grace. His love is so big that it actually is designed to bring us into such a place of intimacy with him that that we have the understanding of him as Abba mm-hmm. in that father relationship. So we were using John 15 to kind of plant some of these thoughts last time that we were talking. We were using John 15 in this relationship. Jesus is you know, using this picture, word picture again, to describe the relationship between him and the father. My father is the farmer. He cares for the world. He cares for creation. And I am this vine. I'm the vine that through which he chooses to do all things. We're in relationship. And so this is what we do. We do everything in relationship and partnership. And he says, I want you to stay and remain connected to me because apart from me, you can do nothing. But abiding in me, you become fruitful. And so he describes how the father is is constantly caring for and lifting. We we dealt with some language that we believed in the church about, you know, God is there to, you know, cut you off. And if you don't perform right, or if you're not fruitful in your life, then then you know you're gonna be tossed in the fire and you know, all these things, these word pictures that we get, and, and again, those are the perceptions and lenses that we that we use. So let's come back. <clears throat> Cause we could, we could just roll with this, but we need to, we need to, <laughs> we need to settle in on a couple things. God is a type of love and his type of love is only outgoing other mm-hmm. centered self giving love. And right. so this is the type of love that he is. And, 
And we see that demonstrated. And so one of the statements that we made last time is that uh, that God's love is such that he can't keep it to himself. Mm-hmm. It's why he created. It's why it, within the relationship between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're living in this perfect mm-hmm. unity, this perfect wholeness. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really the essence of this perichoresis word um, that you honestly, you, you won't find it in the Bible um, as, as an actual Greek translated word. But what it was, was they took the embodiment of, of, of and I'm going to use a scripture here to, to help us understand this. Um, they took the, the, the embodiment of what was said and, and then went to the language and said, okay, how can we explain this? Okay, perichoresis is the relationship that the Father is having with the Son and the Holy Spirit, that the Son is having with the Father and the Holy Spirit, and that the Holy Spirit is having with the Father and the Son. So that each of them are experiencing this mutual, self-giving, perfect love. They're living in perfect unity. And and we, through what Jesus has done, we have been invited up into it. Yeah. Not just invited, but Jesus prayed for us. Father, I want them to be where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I want them to be where I am. So let's let's look at so we now know ecstasis is this outgoing love. It's the type of love that God is. It's always outgoing. God is not an egomaniac. He is not, he doesn't need us. He is not sucking us. He's not sucking praise from us. He's not, he's not doing any of those things. He is actually constantly pouring out. So I'm, I want to do an exercise. Just let just for like 10 seconds. I want you to close your eyes for a second. Or if you're driving, keep your eyes open. But think. <laughs> think for a second. Your encounters with the Lord. How has he shown himself to you? And I almost can guarantee you that that every time he has revealed himself to you, it's been him pursuing you, him showing you himself, him giving of himself, even when you even in times when you know you didn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Even in times when you know that that it was, you know, you didn't earn this thing. <laughs> you didn't mm-hmm. You, you might have been asking for it, but you definitely didn't do anything to earn it. I mean, he mm-hmm. just met you there. And and that's yeah. the kind of love that God is. Every single one of my encounters, whether I was in a hard season or a high season, uh, have always been meeting the father, discovering that he's better than I ever thought he was. Yeah. Better that- than I ever thought he was. That that is absolutely amazing. So John 15 starts out with kind of this idea of being in the garden and this fruitfulness and and then and we talked about our misunderstanding of what takes away was it really means bring near and props up and tenderly up. cares yeah. for. Yeah, care for it. And then um and then we go into and six and seven, we begin to go into if you abide in me, my words abide in you, you can ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. Yeah. Is this, you know, this is the next thing that I think that we need to unpack. When you just asked that question just now, Jeremy, my mind went directly to my my place of need. Like when I really needed God to show up in my life, he provided something that I need, whether it was physical or, or emotional or, or something, um, you know, more material. And there was this provision of God that God knew what I needed in the moment and he knew how to reach my heart and he met me in that, in that place. But that's not all that intimacy is is made for. So, I mean, 
is this about fruitfulness? Is this about closeness? Is this about getting my prayers answered with a yes from the Lord? I mean, what what is the what is this all about? What am I am I making myself? Yeah, no, we have to define fruitfulness. See, mm-hmm. I, growing up, I always thought that fruitfulness was works. I thought, man, I've got to be producing fruit. Like, in fact, in in the <laughs> in the religion that I grew up in, which my background is Church of Christ, man, if you weren't like saving souls and like leading people to Jesus and baptizing them, that was fruit. And if you mm-hmm. weren't producing fruit, like, be careful because you're going to get cut off and thrown into the fire, you know. And so it was all about performance. It was all about what I'm doing for the Lord. But I don't believe that the Lord actually looks at fruitfulness from that space. I think that the father looks at fruit, uh, what his fruit is, is actually wholeness. I believe that that mm-hmm. he came to bring us to a place of being whole so that every aspect of our life begins to mirror his very perfection. That's, that's, yeah. a, that's a big thing. That yeah, that that is awesome. So let's define what fruitfulness is because the other day I'm in the prayer room and I'm talking to the Lord about fruit and I'm and I'm talking to him about, you know, what we call the fruit salad, the love, joy, peace, patience at Galatians chapter um, uh, uh, reality of the fruits of the spirit. Yeah. Of where of we're saying, hey, the fruit in my life. How do you know that you leave, love Jesus? Well, you can see it. You know, you know them by their fruits. So, I always, I always say, Lord, I want more love and more peace. And he's always, and so he asked me again, what does that look like? And I was like, you know, when when people are, you know, come to me, then I have peace or uh, peace or patience or kindness or gentleness or self control with other things, temptations and other things that I want to say that I don't say or things that I really don't want to say, but I say anyways because I know that I I need to say them. And so he's like, uh, I felt like the Lord was pushing the idea that every time I talked about the fruit, I was talking about the fruit in context to people. And the Lord said something really convicting to me and really revealing to my heart. He said, show me the fruit in your life. What are their names? What are their spouses' names? And what are the dreams on their heart? And I realized all of a sudden that it was almost impossible to have fruitfulness in my life without people. So tell me, just talk to me just a little bit about fruitfulness from God's perspective. What does that actually equal? relationship <laughs> that, that was it. you yeah. can't just say relate okay. I <laughs> so but look i mean we're talking about a relational god yeah that's that's the that's the emphasis of why what we're even talking about here we are yeah. discovering that god is way more relational and that it, his his very person the very existence of the trinity is an embodiment of perfect relationship so what does the father want he wants relational wholeness First with him, first with them as the Trinity, and then with others. And yeah. Jesus, and I mentioned this, I think I mentioned this last time, in John 17, Jesus says that our oneness with them and our oneness with each other will actually convince the world of who Jesus really is. Mm. That's yeah. the essence of evangelism. We want people to know Jesus, right? Yes. The only way that people truly know Jesus is mm-hmm. when we are living in oneness with the Father and oneness with each other. Those yeah. two things. Read it in John 17. You'll see it there. Mm-hmm. Jesus lines it out in prayer. When they are one with us, 
the mm-hmm. world will see and know who I am and yeah. what I am. Yeah, John fifteen thirteen. it says, Greater love has no one than this, right? than to lay down one's life for his friends. Yeah. So what is, what is this relational wholeness? What is this displaying love, fruitfulness in our life? What does this really look like on a practical day-to-day? Like, how can I... Uh, John 14 through 17 has got to be one of the most power packed oh yeah sections of scripture so how does this fruitfulness that we talked about at the beginning unto abiding unto my prayers being answered unto the greatest love is laying down your life for your friends and then john 17 brings back in and says hey this is how they're gonna know that you're my disciples your loved one for another so how does this all tie together this john 14 through 17 and what does that actually look? I can't go to the cross. And Jesus is talking about laying, dying for your friends. So what does that actually look like? How do we display fruit? When I am whole. Okay, so I, let's, let's go back to, let's even go back to Acts, the book of Acts. And let's, and let's talk about, Jesus said, I need you to stay here until you are endued or filled up. I, well, I want Peter, to- Peter left. Peter, Peter disobeyed. Peter yeah, said, but then he said it again. And then, and then he had to, he went and redeemed. See, this is Jesus. So what does Jesus do? He goes and he finds Peter in his says, sin. Yeah. And he says, are you, are you finding what you're catch or what you're fishing for? Are you finding what you're fishing for? Do you have any fish? Do you have any fruit, Peter? Are you doing <laughs> right? That's in essence. That's what Jesus asked Peter. No, Lord, haven't caught anything. Well, come on in and have some breakfast. And, he, and then he redeems Peter. And then he reiterates, I told you to stay. I need you to stay because fullness is coming. Mm. You're going to have to be full to do what I want you to do. Yeah. And that is the essence of, of fruitfulness. See, fruit, God is the one that produces the fruit. And we think that we're the one that produces the fruit. Mm. Even Galatians 5, it says at the beginning, it says the spirit produces this fruit in you. The spirit produces this fruit in you. So we, because we're made in the image of God, because we are co-created, co-seeded, co-reigning, because we are we are co-reconciling the world back to him. This is all we've been brought into one. We're doing this together. And by nature, we're going to produce fruit. Why? Because love is fruitful. Mm. I, I Honestly, in the Passion Translation, I love, I love how Brian Simmons translated that. Um, he puts a little spin on it, and, and he says, um, the fruit of the Spirit is love, manifesting in all these ways. It manifests mm-hmm. as joy, peace, patience, kindness, but the fruit is love. And, and, and you get kind of that language a little bit with Paul, you know, when he says, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So mm-hmm. we're coming back to, we have to understand the essence of God as love. So in that, in that let's come back to fruitfulness. So when a person is whole, mm-hmm. we are no longer in self-protection mode. We are no longer trying to strive or do it in our own power. We're no longer feeling lack. We're no longer feeling uh, empty. We're no longer feeling um, uh, sad or discouraged or depressed or angry. So all of these negative emotions that we feel, the things that mm-hmm. we know that mm, I'm behaving badly right now, like I am not... I, 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 it's not because you're a terrible person. 
Mm-hmm. It's not because you have a, even though scripture, the heart is wicked and so terrible. The, honestly, you know what? You've been given a new heart. Paul calls that the circumcision that we've been, that, that we've been circumcised at the heart. We, we no longer have that heart. Our heart is good because it was made in, in the image of God's heart. So, mm-hmm. so here we have, we come back and we're made in the very image of God. And he is, a he is one that multiplies and prospers and declares fruitfulness. And by nature, we're to produce fruit. So you don't drive by orchards, apple orchards, and hear the trees going, apple, apple, I'm going to produce an apple. Okay. We don't, you know. <laughs> that would be weird. That would be really weird. Okay. So. What, what they do is by nature, when they're healthy, they produce. Mm. So this is what Jesus came to do. And mm. what he's talking about in John 15, he says, I want you to abide in my love and I want you to abide in my words. Remain in me and you will produce fruit. Mm. So we recognize that every negative thing, every negative thought, every negative word that we speak, every negative attitude that we have is stemming from a place of a lack of wholeness in our life. So that means that if I sing love songs to Jesus four hours a day, six days a week, I will naturally have fruit in my life. Try it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think there's a whole, I mean, I can't list on one hand people that do that every day. I mean, an individual, I know organizations, I know, I know this. I know that I've been worshiping the Lord every day for a minimum of an hour uh, of corporate worship, leading worship in the presence for nearly 12 years. And it's radically transformed my life. Radically. Just presenting myself. This was my act of abiding. And he brought me. I mean, he actually commanded me to go into this space. And I was obedient. And I was willing to listen. But I'll tell you that the last 12 years of my life have been so radically transformed. And, and my life is, is an abundance of fruitfulness everywhere. Mm-hmm. Now, Scott knows me and, and Scott knows my fruit. I didn't mm-hmm. sit around. I didn't work my way into that fruit. In fact, I actually behaved really terribly many, many times over those 12 years. <laughs> and the father in his kindness, I kept presenting myself to the Lord. I kept bringing myself into the presence. I kept learning what this thing called Mm -hmm. abiding is. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, there isn't one aspect of my life. That's not absolutely being wrecked by fruitfulness right now. Yeah, I would, I I would have to agree. I, I, I started this journey in 2010 to give my life to what I call, um, the journey to intimate authority. Okay. And um, I, again, I <clears throat> broken st- and there, the Lord is healing my heart in, in multiple areas and, and uh, spaces in, in my life. But one thing that I have noticed over the seasons of the last um, 12 years is that, uh, oh my goodness, it's been 12 years. I just kind of did the math in my own head. And um, so um, as as I have given my life to abiding in the Word of God, I'm not a musician. I can't. I can't play. I know three Yet. chords and one and a half songs, and um, and so it's not about. And that's one of the things that um, I kind of in these last few moments here together is this. This is so rooted 
in intimate friendship. This is so relationship driven that there is no formula. There's no five minutes doing this, 10 minutes. If you go to the gym and you can do a regimen and I can actually rip my body in less than two years, I can have a bodybuilder um, uh, style body. I can do this plus this plus this. And if I eat right and I do the exercises, that will equal that. But that is not how the kingdom is worked. Um, it is 100% on relationship. So speak on that just for a moment before we end on how much this is built around heart posture, relational pursuit. So let's, let's kind of move into that moves us to a place. Once we enter into that relationship, that relational place with God where we're not see so much of religion, especially religion. I'll just speak to myself or from my own experience was all about checking every box. I, I was, it was all about, am I doing the right process? I'm, I'm trying to become whole. I'm trying to become the things that God says I am. And, and so there I'm going to go and spiritually work out. Yeah, I'm doing my scripture push-ups and I'm doing my, you know, praying in the spirit sit-ups and I'm doing, you know, all these different things that we're doing to try and produce a result because our human nature loves that. It's why, it's why, the religious people of Jesus time were holding so strongly to the law. It feels good. It feels good when you can, when you can plan and you can understand there's a process and it's, and it's measurable and I can measure my growth. I can measure my, I can measure my fruitfulness. And I, you know, it's why they prayed the way they prayed. And it's why, and Jesus is going, throw it out. This is not what we had. This is not what it's about. And so I, I want to move us to the place of understanding the importance of the relationality of God, the importance of relationship, and why when we're talking about fruitfulness, we're talking about becoming relationally whole people. Yes. Now, from wholeness stems everything. Yes. It's the spirit who produces the fruit. So all we are to do is to learn how to abide. And that feels like, it feels like, okay, this is like a super loose gospel and like this is doesn't, but but can we really describe God as too good? Can we really no. describe God as too loving? Can we say, no. oh, you have gone too far, Pastor. You have, you have now described God as more loving than he is. <laughs> I've never that heard that. that. I don't think that we can do that. So I think that we just have to, we have to let the Holy Spirit strip away some of these perceptions and lenses that we've been viewing God and ourselves and our relationships through and understand that he's called me to wholeness. It's the essence of salvation. So I want to go to the end of John chapter 15 verses 26 and 27, because this is the picture of the perichoresis. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he keeps trying to help them understand. He introduces who Holy Spirit is in John 14 and he's trying to prepare them. Listen, guys, things are going to be really hard. John 16 is just all hard. It's like, people are going to hate you. It's not going to go well. You're going to be crying. It's going to be difficult, but be of good cheer because <laughs> I've overcome the world. And so will you because the Holy spirit's going to come the helper, the advocate, the divine encourager is going to come. And it's, and he begins talking about the relationship between the father and, and, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And he gives this picture. So I want to read this to you. Uh, I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation first. And then I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. So New Living Translation says this. 
Jesus is de declaring, but I will send the advocate, talking about the Holy Spirit. In other, we've, we've heard it, the helper, uh, the counselor, the encourager, you know, all these different things. Ultimately, that word there uh, is found also in John 14. I'll just do a little Greek lesson here. The word in Greek is parakletos, the word in, uh, or par parakleta, and then um, the word in, um, like, Aramaic is parakleta, uh, and it literally means to end the curse in our life. That's literally what it means. It literally means to end the curse. And so the Holy Spirit is there to literally bring us into wholeness and end the curse in our life. Which So that's you can do a word study on that on your own. But he will send an advocate talking of the Holy Spirit, uh, who is the Spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father. So here we see the relationship. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit coming at to you from the Father. So Holy Spirit's coming from the Father. He says, and he will testify all about me. So this is the Holy Spirit talking to us about Jesus and about the Father. And you must, uh, it goes on to say, verse 27, and you must also testify about me because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. So mm. this is the fruitfulness. We by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, have been entered, ushered up into and entered into the, their relationship, the perichoresis, the circle dance of love, their perfect oneness where there's there's other-centeredness, uh, there's, there's an abundance of love, joy, and peace. There is an abundance of acceptance and affirmations. We talked a little bit about that last time. So the essence of this perichoresis, we call it the circle dance of love. We've been brought up into that, and from that... We testify to the world, not from our knowledge from the head, but our intimacy from the heart. And mm. that's the relational aspect. Because the the if you look at 1 Corinthians 2, and I don't have time to, to we, I know we don't have time to really go there. But if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I'm telling you, it Paul lines this thing out. And he basically describes the Holy Spirit knows the deep things of the Father, and he's there to bring that as a reality into you. And the end verse of 1 Corinthians 2 is, for you have the mind of Christ. <laughs> you have the mind of Christ. And this is, we get to think how Jesus thought. How did Jesus think? Well, he thought perichoresis. He thought ecstasis. He thought love. He thought family. He thought abiding. This was the reality of who he was. When he's saying, I'm going back, He's not just going anywhere. He's going back to the bosom of his father, where he came from. And so this is where we're, we have to get, we have to start opening up ourselves to receive this kind of language, to receive a, a gospel that's greater than what we've allowed it to be. We, mm -hmm. We've always felt like, that. okay, yes, God is love and, and he forgives me of my sins. And, and now I need to perform to show him how grateful I am of that love. Mm -hmm. Actually, Fruitfulness only comes from deepening intimacy. We have to learn what it means to abide in love and, and, yeah. and, and to the circle dance of love. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, you know, once again, what ends up a lot of times with a lot of my um, a lot of my friends, we we get into these um, topics and it feels like the drop down menu, you know, again on the, these files within and we push the button and it drops down five more files and we push each one of those and out of each one of those, there's another drop down window off of each one of those. And it just feels like, uh, 
we get into these rooms, these discussions, and we realize that the room that we're in now as we're describing the the setting and the furniture of the room that we're describing as intimacy, friendship, oneness with God. All of a sudden, there's so much in these rooms and there's so much to explore. We could waste uh, days uh, talking about it and and in an eternity, I believe that that we actually will um, spend yeah. multiple um, multiple years and decades unpacking the beauty and the worth of this thing that we call relationship with the the triune Godhead. So, Jeremy, this has been amazing. Again, I, I want to um, just encourage you that these these podcasts are meant to lead you into um, uh, oneness with the the Godhead. So we hope that you're blessed with this one. There's going to be more. I'm going to have Jeremy back. We're going to talk more about this intimate friendship um, with God thing, and it is going to be amazing. So until next time, I'll see you in the prayer room.